From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. And we have as our guest, relative to the month of March and St. Patrick's Day, we have Mark Phillips, who's the head of Beer and Hard Seltzer at Diago North America. And we are delighted to have Mark with us. Hello, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Great to see you. So we were dying to ask yes, you, like, yes. St. Patrick's Day has got to be a big holiday for you and your brand, Guinness, and uh, you personally. So tell us what you what you personally did on St. Patrick's Day. It's about the biggest it gets uh, for our <laughs> brand and for our company. It's essentially a national holiday over here, and we always look forward to it mm-hmm. every single year. Um so much packed into uh, really two weeks of celebration, which kicked off um, on the 10th of March in Chicago, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later in the segment. But for me personally, on the 17th, it was a great opportunity um, to spend time, actually the 16th and 17th, with great brand partners, with our employees across Diageo, North America, here in New York City, Um, and also have an opportunity to visit a lot of our customers out in our accounts, in the pubs, uh, to raise a a pubs and enjoy. (laughs) So when you go out to the pubs and you're visiting and your customers and you're on the clock, do you drink? (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Well, it's an amazing amazing opportunity this year because we have an awesome new stout, awesome new beer, Guinness Zero. I saw that. Zero Elk. A zero elk version of the real thing. It's the genuine wow. article. Wow. And so it's amazing when you have these opportunities. Of obviously, course. The day that was perfect. Multiple, you know, multiple opportunities to uh, to really, you know, take an opportunity to, to consume uh, Guinness Zero. So I had a lot of Guinness Zero over the last ah, two years. <laughs> nice. You know, I saw nice. that. I'm really psyched because yeah. since COVID, I haven't been drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. It just, it's one of those things I haven't done, but I've always loved Guinness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea that it's full-flavored Guinness but no alcohol. Wow. That's, that's exactly right. Our brewers did such an incredible job with this product. It's obviously from a brand like Guinness that consumers already really know and trust and so when you get the liquid right and the brand has got the type of cachet that it does it's pretty amazing um how you know how quickly people have picked us up and it's been one of our one of our number one uh share gainers here for Diageo Beer Company over the last uh Mm -hmm. few months and it's actually but it's been around about a year um but we've got significantly more supply this year than we did a year ago, and so it's been great to be able to get that back out to to more Americans through, uh, you know, through the celebrations. That's awesome, Mark. Can I real quick question to follow up on this because I want to get a little bit of your insight, Mark, on kind of a, a bit of the the calculus around creating a really awesome tasting zero calorie, uh, zero alcohol, excuse me, zero alcohol version. What's the thought about people switching, you know, cannibalization, like people moving away from the original into the new, or is this like, we're bringing in a bunch of new people and we're a completely different sure. segment. We're completely, you talk a little bit about how that decision plays out. 
It's really amazing, right? That what we know about non-elk drinkers is that they're also elk drinkers, and it's really a matter of oh, they are oh, interesting. Elk. We yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's really a matter of finding these opportunities where you know there are there are times when people are looking for more moderated, or maybe it's a day when you're just choosing to abstain for whatever that reason is, but you're still you know wanting to be able to enjoy the ritual and and go out and and have a drink with friends, whether that's out at dinner or, or in your home. And so it's amazing to be able to have a product like that that doesn't feel like you're compromising, right? That's the one thing that we love about this product is that there, it feels like there's zero compromise. You're really getting, the, you know, as I said, the genuine article, the genuine taste of Guinness just without the alcohol. Um, and so that's been consistent actually across Diageo and our portfolio. What we know about non-out drinkers is oh, there's room for both, you know, in their world. Interesting. But so it has to be some cannibalization, I, I mean, right? Because... Every time you know, they drink the non-elk, they could have drank the elk. Right. No? But maybe they're it's drinking a, more <laughs> because yeah. they have more degrees of freedom. Well, please, that would help. Please yeah. speak on that, Mark. Yeah, it's it's amazing how incremental to our brand this product has been, actually over 40% incremental to the business. Oh, wow. Um, wow. So while you would think that there would be a lot of you know switching potentially between the two, mm-hmm. it's an area that is still uh, growing. Um, we're seeing huge growth in non-elk. It's up over 35, 38% in non-elk versus, um, versus malt, which is around five to 6% as a mm-hmm. category. Okay. And so amazing to see, you know, that kind of explosive growth on that end. And it's definitely uh, trending towards a younger, uh, younger that consumer. That was what I was going to say. A more, and, a, and a more multicultural consumer as well. Oh, so, yeah. So the great, data great that I've for, seen, and it sounds like you've seen probably better data than I have, but still it supports what I'm going to say, which is the younger generation is moving a little bit away from alcohol. Actually, they're moving more to weed as I understand it. <laughs> but, uh, or so you've heard. Yeah, or so this I've is heard, uh, yeah. yeah, this is this is a common rumor going around <laughs> but, Bible study. But yeah, this is uh, <laughs> a lot of that, well, I can. I mean, I can certainly, you know, as I said, I can certainly speak to um, the non-elk side of it, and we're definitely seeing that cohort, right? Consumers that are coming in, legal drinking age, twenty-one plus, the younger end of the spectrum. Mm. Um, their their relationship with alcohol is changing, and it's much more moderated. And they're looking to drink um, in occasions where they're doing something and drinking uh-huh. at the same time. And so it's, you know, it's a different way of socialization. It's, it's different, um, different accounts and different opportunities that they're going into and looking for those, you know, those, um, those products that can kind of meet them there. We really think Guinness Zero can so Guinness is kind of a different type of beer than other beers. Like I went to Ireland, I went to the Guinness factory, and I've been, you know, steeped. I, like I said, I'm a huge Guinness fan. I loved it, and when I gave up alcohol, that was something I didn't like giving up. So I'm glad to hear I don't have to do that. Mm. How do you market Guinness differently, you know, but still stay within the category? I mean, just what what kind of the creative thought about it going forward? And because I know you're in North America, I can imagine in Dublin, it's different. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we as a brand have always been one that is really investing in the communities that we operate in. And so as we went back out for St. Patrick's Day this year, but just overall in terms of the strategy that the brand's taking in North America, it's about welcoming everybody in, right? Guinness has always been that brand, even going back to Arthur Guinness when he started, you know, started the brewery and started the brand. Um, employee health and well-being, employee benefits, those were always things that were extremely important to him. 
dating all the way back to 1759. You know, we always like to say we're, we've been around for 264 years, but we're 264 years young. We signed a 9,000 year lease. So talk about ambition. Oh, wow. Talk I wish I could ambition. sign a 9,000 so, year, year lease. That would be awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. we've got, you know, we've got a long way to go. Um, but as a brand, you know, that was something that was very important to us, um, was making sure that this is a brand that, you know, everybody feels welcome around. Nice. So, like, we talked about some of the trends. One of the trends, like you said, and I have seen this data also, the younger people are going to a low or no alcohol beer. And, you know, and like you're saying, it's not one or the other. It's kind of just moving back and forth depending on occasion. And That's that really does make really sense. But the other trend, and it sounds like it's part of your title also, is hard seltzer, which is different than beer. So, like, what's your thoughts on hard seltzer and what's happening in that? That's a pretty competitive in, um, industry right now, I think. It really is. It's uh, it's growing um, like crazy when you think about, you know, ready to drink and, and ready to serve products. And certainly um, when, we, you know, we consider we've got a very broad portfolio here at Diageo across uh, brands like uh, Smirnoff Ice um, and brands like Lone River Hard Seltzer, which is a uh, far west Texas female founded brand. Oh. Uh, Katie Bill Brown, I'm, I'm fortunate to spend time on that business as well, mm -hmm. uh, building that business with her here in Diageo. Mm. And, you know, it's really about lifestyle and occasion. When you think about a brand like Lone River, um, country culture is alive and well mm. um, in the United States right now. We're seeing that across fashion. We're seeing it across music. It's really kind of permeated culture in a new way. And so brands like Lone River, which, you know, have that credibility and authenticity of where they were founded, um, are really starting to break into this space. And we're actually the the leader in this sort of agave inspired mm. hard seltzer space right now, oh, wow. uh, driving a lot of share for the category. Agave, that's another trend I've, I've seen. So, you know, you're reminding me as I hear you talk. I mean, Marcus talks the brand identity. I'll let him ask all those questions because there's got to <laughs> be some identity things um, wrapped up in this. But the other thing that I'm seeing is more brands are creating their own customer experience. And typically when you sold through like a wholesaler or you throw like sell through bars or something like that. It's the bar that creates the experience. But now you're seeing more of the brands do that. I know like in soft drinks, like Pepsi has been involved in creating a lot of customer experience. And it sounds like that's one of the things, from what, the way I hear you talking, it sounds like that's a big initiative for you also, creating these customer experiences. It, it really is. And we started to do this actually um, back a few years ago in Baltimore, where we opened our OpenGate Brewery. And so OpenGate as a platform for Guinness is an experiential, experimental brewery mm. that allows us to really play with flavors, innovate, allow our brewers to have some fun and interact directly with the community and the consumers in those spaces. And so that was something that originated at St. James Gate in Dublin with Open Gate. We brought that here to the United States, to Baltimore, just a few short years ago. And we're now about to open our next location, which is going to be in Chicago in the West Loop. And that was a big part of our St. Patrick's Day uh, ah, celebration nice, as well, was starting nice. to give folks in Chicago a preview of what that's going to look like. And it's going to be another amazing expression of this brand um, where we're really going to have some fun with where we can take Guinness and what those opportunities nice. are. Very That's nice. cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I was just going to ask to build on Barbara's point, Mark. 
I love this idea because Barbara talks about it all the time, creating experiences in, in the brand building exercise through that. What are your thoughts on how do you how do you measure success in that world? Like when you when you create these experiences and you and you and you roll them out and you create this landscape of a very rich uh, connection and engagement. How do you how do you know it worked? I mean, how do you what, what do you look at that, that says, hey, you know, this is moving the needle on X. And, and what is X? If you could yeah. just yeah. talk a little bit about that. For us, it's about how do we unlock the equity of this brand? How do we build more love into the brand of Guinness? Guinness is a brand that consumers naturally, I think, lean forward when they hear it, but they may have some different perceptions of, you know, what it is. One of the things that we hear a lot is, you know, this is a very heavy beer. Mm. It's actually one of the lightest beers out there. <laughs> really? Um, I think so of it as heavy too. <laughs> that juxtaposition, exactly, that juxtaposition, especially at a time right now when bold, full-flavor uh, drinks are really in and are really driving growth within the category. Um, this is our time. So we always say bold is not a barrier. The fact that we are a bold beer allows us to stand up to oh, amazing food, amazing multicultural cuisine. Ah. It allows us to go into you know different areas that maybe historically we weren't able to go into. And so cool. the net of that, I think, is really to you know to the benefit of the brand. And helps consumers view this brand in a different way and kind of unlocks that possibility for them as mm. to where Guinness can go and how it fits into their lives and in the, in the occasions that they're socializing it. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm here with America's Reed. This is Marketing Matters. And we're joined by Mark Phillips, who's the head of beer and hard seltzer at Diago North America. If you'd like to ask Mark or any of us a question throughout today's show, please feel free to call us at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. And we were just talking about customer experiences built around the beer. And you were saying, in answer to America's question, that part of it is to build bigger and stronger equity Mm. for the Guinness brand. But I wonder also, because I've thought about this, and as you were talking, America, so I was wondering what you think, Mark, on this issue. Another measure would be this measure of engagement and of time spent Mm. with the beer, Mm. you know, in some sense building relationship. Now, maybe that's related to equity, and maybe that's what you mean, but maybe it's also Mm. just like, you know, just as a metric, how much time do I spend in a Guinness <laughs> yeah. um, experience? I yeah. wonder if you think about it at all like that. Yeah, absolutely. We we really do, and it's you know some people talk about it as dwell time. Some people talk yeah. about it as dwell like time. Sticky, you know, stickiness with the brand. How exactly. often, you know, what's that? You know, what's that experience? And definitely, what we're seeing is in the markets uh, like Baltimore, for example, where we've been in for the past you know few years. Um, our equity in those markets is four times the national average. Uh, and it's because people are able to spend time in those experiences yes, yes. and get closer to our liquid and have a, you know, a one-to-one connection with our brewers to really understand yes, yes. what's underneath Guinness. Absolutely, there is an equation there between the amount of time spent and the equity that we're able to build in those markets. And you've seen you've seen those numbers. I mean, you're you've seen that data that supports what you're saying right there. Just, we are, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Because that's, cool. that's what I teach. So it's just nice. To yes, know yes. That and, I, and, I, and by the way, Barbara, that. I have to get more dwell time from the students. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, more they, time they only, in class. Yeah, more yeah. time. You know, I need them dwelling more. Okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that term because it it, it it it's exactly what you said, Barbara. Which is it. it 
it conveys a deeper kind of connectionship, your relationship, you're lingering, you're, you're, you're there, and we're building something together as a community. I love that. I love that phraseology. So I'm going to push back a little on, on something you said and something I hear Americans talk about and curious how you would address this dichotomy. So you said you're kind of opening it up for everyone to come. But a lot of what we talk about in brand identity requires, you know, um, making choices. And so do you sometimes think about the Guinness drinker or for any of your products as more of a this this is our consumer and this is not our consumer? Mm. Like, do you have those kinds of mm. leaning into one persona and away from another persona? Or do you try not to do that? You know, it's, re- it's really interesting. I think this is as much a brand that's positioned around lifestyle as it is anything else. And that lifestyle can cross a lot of different, a lot of different cohorts. Um, that's how we try to approach our marketing with Guinness and to ensure that what we are putting out does not, you know, single-handedly speak to just one group, um, but across the group. If you look at what we did for St. Patrick's Day this year, as an example, um, there was no Irish brogue on the accent of the voice that was on our spot. Mm. There was no bagpipe music, which would be traditionally used in some of our advertising in the past. Mm. And a lot of that was in direct service of how do we make this brand more approachable, more appealing to a wider group. But at the end of the day, if you're a beer lover, if you're a stout lover, um, we believe that there's a Guinness for you. And that's, you know, that's part of kind of our, you know, our offering and our repertoire to ensure that there's kind of something across, you know, across those groups. But it's a journey, of course. Um, And that's a journey we're committed to. You know, it's interesting because I have heard this conversation and this debate among people who buy into segmentation Mm -hmm. and the idea of targeting and this other thing and saying bigger is better. Anyway, I want to give something to everybody, which is a little bit what he's saying here. And it is interesting because we've been teaching segmentation, targeting, positioning, niche, you know, brand identity. And there's for certain brands, they're positioning everybody, you know, which is kind of the opposite. We have a caller, Brian from West Palm Beach. It turns oh. out our show is big in Florida. Oh, yes, yes. I know yes, that. Yes. <laughs> Maybe Hi, we'll ask Brian um, what his question is. He'd like to ask you a question, Mark. It's not for me in America, so it's yeah, for you. Hi. <laughs> hi, Brian. Hi, good evening. Hi, Mark. I, just a quick question and a comment. Uh, we, So my company, we manage private country clubs, and congrats on the zero alcohol uh, beer that you guys have. Are you going to expand that product line, meaning are you going to have more options, uh, you know, down the stream with no alcohol? Because I can tell you with, like, golfers specifically, during the day we've seen huge trends in our food and beverage of drinkers that would normally maybe take an iced tea or a Diet Coke now migrating to mm. non-alcoholic beer. Mm. Ah, that's nice. where the cannibalization is coming. <laughs> nice. Very interesting. interesting. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Great question. Thanks. Thanks for your question, Brian. It's um, we're very focused, obviously, on this offering. It we really believe that it's uh, industry changing in terms of what we've been able to bring forward. You're absolutely right that we are seeing that switching off from soft drinks. We're seeing you know people switching off from other. 
you know, carbonated uh, beverages into offerings like this when they are available to them. Um, and so that, you know, this is really our first piece and we're starting to scale that right now. Um, I was mentioning a little bit earlier in the show that this is really only our first year in um, and we've really unlocked a lot more growth, almost 50% more in terms of what we were able to bring into market this year than we were last year. So there's more Guinness Zero out there in the hands of uh, consumers. Yep. And as we continue to grow that, um, I can definitely see given the importance of the space and how fast the non-alk space is growing, it's going to create room for um, a lot of different products in, in the non-alcoholic category. You know that, well, I was just going to say one thing and then finish your thought. Um, that that it really makes sense to America's question. The can- and what you said, you didn't see cannibalization. And the reason you didn't see cannibalization is because the substitution isn't coming from alcohol. It's coming from non-alcohol. And you may not be making the products that, you know, you're They're stealing share from. Sh- from. So it's stealing from somebody. Yeah. We yeah. can only, as Americans, drink so much liquid. Right. But it's not stealing from your own products, which yeah. from a marketing point of view has got to be great news. Yeah. And just to build on Barbara's point, Mark, thoughts on this as well, as I was thinking Barbara, you know, removing the alcohol, the alcohol inside of a, a beverage, we all know how it affects real, the, the real physiological, psychological feeling of alcohol. So it's an interesting branding thought exercise when you take it out and people still want to connect yeah. with what's left. But, but, yeah. You know, that it says something about, you know, what they are perceiving about this relationship that you're trying exactly. to build, Mark. Can you speak a little bit on that? Because it's an interesting the pressure core test. Equity yes. of the product. Yes. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it goes back to strength of brand and just belief in the quality of what we've been able to do for 264 years. Um, When you come out with something that, you know, lives up to the hype and is as good from a, you know, liquid credentials perspective and what people know about the brand, um, that's, I think, as marketers, when you think about what we get up and do every day around brand building, I mean, that is like the ultimate test of, um, you know, consumers voting with their dollars and and saying yes. You know what? This is this is kind of worthy of uh, you know of my repertoire, and I think that's what's really been exciting about it for us uh, on the get a zero side. No, it's pretty interesting because, like, I gave, I used the example of Pepsi, but actually Pepsi and Coke could really be your competitor. Um, and mm. so what you're doing is a brown bubbly liquid, only it's a different taste and yeah. it comes from your – it's an interesting branding question because yep. the fact that it started as an alcoholic drink, yep. in my mind, changes what it is. Yep. Like, even though I can see it substituting for a Coke and Pepsi, the fact that I'm drinking a non-alcoholic – you could call Pepsi a non-alcoholic drink. <laughs> you know, you could, but you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of interesting to start from that and go in that direction. Because I could imagine at some point, like I know the non-alcoholic version of the beer has fewer calories than the alcoholic mm. version, but it's not calorie free. And maybe you could do something to preserve taste and make it fewer calories still, you know, and go down the kind of the soft drink, you may or may not choose that because it may or may not support the equity of Guinness. It, mm. it starts with from a different place. It you see what I'm with, saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if the competition is Pepsi and Coke, a non-alcoholic beer is different than a soft drink, I think. For sure. And, it, you know, we're, and we're brewers first. Brewers um, first, yeah. definitely yep. what we know about consumers is that consumers buy repertoire. And even before non-alcoholic beer, consumers yep. were had a repertoire of alcohol and non-alcoholic products. Yep. And so this is really just broadening, I think, the choice and the options for consumers against yep. brands and products that they know and love, like Guinness, 
that give them give them an option in those moments that maybe they wouldn't have other otherwise had. And uh, and obviously, are you know they seem to be excited about it based on what we're seeing on the on the share side. But yeah, but you know what's also interesting, you know, your hard seltzer is another example of this. You're taking a soft drink, which is seltzer. You know, now you really are in Pepsi and Coke territory, and you're adding alcohol into it. You know, so well, I mean, everybody's <laughs> in the seltzer business right now, <laughs> yeah. yes. right? So yes. I think that's Everybody. I think that's a factor of consumer demand and the fact that we know that consumers are looking for this. And so exactly. great brands are coming to the fore mm-hmm. uh, to meet that demand. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Well, Mark, you're in a fun business. Thank you so much for joining us today. So where can our listeners go to find out all the new things in the liquids that you are producing? Well, um, visit your local bar, visit your local pub. Um, obviously, visit your local, uh, your local retailer uh, to pick us up as well. And obviously, Guinness.com, as well as our social channels, uh, feel free to follow along. That is where you'll get the latest on what's happening with our brand. And it is certainly a very busy time for us here um, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. as we open our new uh, brewery in Chicago this nice. coming summer. So Ooh, nice. lots, of new, not, lots of news to come. Very yeah, cool. that'll be really fun. Going yeah. to a brewery. Again. I mean, that's the other thing you mentioned, Barbara, this notion of there's, there's a beautiful story behind a brewery narrative that yeah. you know a soft drink company can't really replicate. So that's no, interesting. And I think the I'm going to Chicago to drink this. Yeah, you know? I, <laughs> I think the growth Love in non-alcoholic <laughs> and the growth in breweries as an experience, et cetera, all of that, you're right on trend. That's for sure. Well, thanks again, Mark, for being here. And that's all we have time for today. We'd like to thank our producers, Dion Simpkins and Dana Cash. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We replay our show several times throughout the week. And you can follow us on Twitter at SXM Marketing. And you can follow Business Radio at SXM Business for information about all our programming. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week. Till then, this has been Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn here with Americus Reed, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.